Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast, episode 16. Austin Nasso here. Sorry I was late with this one. The editing was very hectic. I literally lost my portion of the audio for part of it and had to recreate it. So bear with me. But it's finally here, and it's a good interview. I interviewed Ryan O'Flanagan. He's a really cool guest. He's a comedian and comedic actor. Uh, he's been on Funny or Die. Uh, he has a, his YouTube sketch comedy channel, Dead Kevin, that was featured on Comedy Central. You might have seen some of that uh, when I interviewed Ahmed Barucha. We talk about his experience on the Netflix show American Vandal and how he got that, uh, NACA and college comedy. Uh, we talk about his Comedy Central special that's coming out this uh, August and what the pitch process is like if you're pitching a comedic TV show or short uh, to a big network. So without further ado, please enjoy. Thanks. Fingers. Chicken fingers. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Working <laughs> Comic Podcast. Um, Austin Nasso here with Ryan O'Flanagan. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey, man. Chicken fingers. Thanks yes. for having me on your cast. Yeah, we don't. We probably good. Like, we don't need to test it. The te- audio testing. We do. Was that a testing thing? No, no. Oh, I just want to keep throughout the podcast. I'm going to keep uh, saying that. Uh, just fingers. plugging chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is plugging chicken fingers in general. People need to know. It's it's true. Um. Well, you are you're really impressive because you do you're a comedian, digital content creator, and you have a half hour special on Comedy Central. Yeah, man. Also, you you've been on American Vandal, Corporate, New Girl, and you have a sketch comedy group. Is <laughs> <laughs> reading all the credits off of your phone. <laughs> <laughs> digital content creator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I'm you know your Wikipedia page. No, I, I just, I have some questions. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look at for reference, but yeah, fire away. We go way back, you and I. Yeah. Well, how far back? Um, Four years, I guess, because you did the comedy show at UCLA, and yeah. I think it was my sophomore year, which is like and four now you're, years ago. Now I'm a big boy. Yeah, now you're a big boy. Now you're living in Seattle. Yeah, living huh. in Seattle forever. No, I'm, I'm trying to move back in August. Okay, sick. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> what happened to you? You started lo- you just like locked up. He's <laughs> like it's physician. Oh yeah. No, I'm perfect, dude. This is exactly how I sit. Uh, Ryan is bent over flexing over the microphone. Listen, we're in my little studio apartment. The seating situation isn't ideal for anybody. Now there's a pool party going on outside. <laughs> we're trying to get this podcast done, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's- there's a lot. It's getting yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's on your bed. Yeah, dude. Asleep. Hell yeah, dude. Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's um before we go into some of the questions, let's uh talk about what you're doing after this podcast. I find I yeah, find that oh, very the people should. Yeah, we need to promote this. We're doing a uh, croissant night, first annual croissant night. Uh, meeting at uh, my friend's place. Everyone's bringing croissants. I'm bringing. 13 croissants to this event. Some people are bringing two, some people are bringing three. Everyone wants their own croissants to be uh, tasted and tried at this event. It's going to be a 30 plus croissant uh, kind of night. We're going to take some pictures <laughs> of everybody with croissants. 
And uh, you know, I gotta bring some paper plates. And this is this isn't like for comedic purposes. You guys just this genuinely. Is just, dude, we were just talking recently about this. Man, croissants are so good. We said we should just do a croissant night, dude. And here we are. I said June second. This is about two months ago. Really. <laughs> I said June second. Did you remind night. them? Did you send out like? I mean, yeah, a lot of people said, know. "Oh, I forgot. Now I can't come." We had a bunch of people drop out. <laughs> Classic. But we got some pretty big names coming. We got some big names coming really? through. Oh yeah, we got a high school friend coming through. Okay. Got a couple of comics. Mm-hmm. A couple of a couple of civilians. Oh, it's gonna be a great mix. That's a great. How do you balance mixing comics and civilians? Do you ever find that that's weird when they? When you merge them and hang out situation? Sometimes. I feel like the crew I tend to roll with as far as comics are not, like, super on all the time. Like, those are the people I tend to gravitate towards. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of it goes, you know, Ahmed and Jack and those guys are just regular cool guys. Yeah. And sometimes they'll get someone in the group that'll hang out. It's just a comic, real comic comic, and is always very annoying. <laughs> so I try to steer away from those people. But, yeah, I got a solid mix of, uh, you know, friends and, and comics and, and civilians. So I feel like, you know, a night out on the town is always, uh, it'll usually be 70% comics, 30% civilians. That's a good mix. Got a, yeah, we got a couple couple regulars in our, in our crew. Okay. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like some of my comedian friends are so socially inept that I can't bring them anywhere. You can't bring them anywhere. I get that. I don't know. It's weird. I guess I, like, don't hang out with them as much. So you hang you hang out now with mostly regular people. Yeah, probably. That's way better. Yeah, mostly, but I do coding and coding? Coding. No. <laughs> the so the people that are programmers are also socially inept. Uh, it's an interesting mix. Yeah, who do you know? That seems like a, just a just a bummer of a social life. <laughs> <laughs> just like comedians and software engineers. So you're doing programming in Seattle? Yeah. For uh, Amazon? Microsoft. Microsoft. Okay, see? Was that a good question, though? Isn't Amazon in Seattle? Yeah, it is. It is, for sure. Everyone doesn't like them, because they're pushing everyone out. Oh, okay. Like, of Seattle. It's becoming too expensive. Sorry I brought them up, then. <laughs> so you mentioned you have a croissant party tonight. Can you explain what you meant by that? Oh, yeah. It's going to be all over Instagram. I'm going to try to get everyone to use, you know, hashtag croissant night 2018. Oh, so check yeah, out that hashtag. hashtag. You know, this goes to your listeners. Check out hashtag croissant night 2018 and see some pictures from our event tonight. And if you want to come next year, well, you got to be f- friends with us. <laughs> That's something I could see you guys doing as a sketch. A croissant night sketch, yeah. It just, like, it got me thinking, like, how many of your, like, dead Kevin sketches are just real things that you guys do. Well, the vast, vast majority of them are us getting together to film, and we don't have anything uh, planned. Almost all of them are like that. And occasionally, we'll get an idea and be like, "Gosh, we should shoot this idea," and text back and forth. But usually, it's just hanging out and drinking and uh, doing some pot, <laughs> drinking, smoking, drinking, smoking, and then just start. Uh, you know, improv. They're all like improvised. All the sketches. That's why we never really went anywhere in our careers. <laughs> they were funny, though. Like, they were on Comedy Central and Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. Got another one coming out. It's uploading right now. Jack does most of the editing. Okay. We yeah, the three of us. Then we got uh, one uh, camera guy who's a friend of Jack's from college. And then uh, Jack edits them. And then that's what we've been doing for years and years and years. Now here we are. Wow, that's cool. 
how did you get on Funny or Die? With uh, with the Taurus things? Yeah, those Taurus videos. That started well. I I had like so I had a series on Funny or Die. I was like a uh, tourist uh, guy, dumb tourist guy, and that started uh, last year, about a year ago. I just filmed one out on Hollywood Boulevard, which because I live right here, where we're recording right now, just yes. just off of Hollywood. Hollywood baby. Hollywood baby, like the Walk of Fame, you know. Yeah. So I was just I put sketches like on my Facebook up all the time, just for like for fun. I'll get hundred views or something, just like some dumb stuff. So that one I just filmed and just like a dumb uh, bro on Hollywood Boulevard that can't pronounce anything and is excited about all the stars on the ground but doesn't know who anyone That's even is. That's so funny. And so I just thought that'd be like a funny character, so I just put it on my Facebook and it ended up getting shared around a bunch and it got like hundred something thousand views. Naturally, just from you sharing it on your wall? Yeah, just on my own. I didn't have like a fan page or anything at that point. Just put it on my own Facebook and that did really well. And then, like, the next night was the American Vandal uh, rap party. So we had just finished recording American Vandal. Had a rap party at a bar. And so Funny or Die produced American Vandal. So I, like, met, uh, or I saw the head the head guy at Funny or Die at this rap party. And I said, hey, man, I put this... Mr. Die. Mr. Die himself. <laughs> Joe Die. And I... So I told him I had this sketch that did really well on my Facebook, if you'd be interested. And he was like, yeah, send it to me. So I sent it to him and then uh, started making, he's like, put out one and then maybe try three. Then I ended up making like 30-something for Funny or Die. That's so cool. Did you have to stick to a schedule for that? I did. So we did, every, I think it was every week we did. Because uh, that's really, that's what we did for Dead Kevin as well. The every week kind of format seems to really get people interested and engaged because they can expect a, a new video coming out. That's what I always tell people when they want to start making sketches and they ask for advice. I just say, just have a regular, it doesn't have to be every week, but just have a regular schedule every other Monday or the first of every month or something I like know, that. I know, I'm trying to do that, but my team can't get it together. It's tough. It's super hard. You have to be very, very, very committed. So it's real hard to get everyone. So that's why I think just like once a month is fine. Just like film a couple, have them backlogged and just have them first Thursday or something like that of every month. Just so people will kind of subconsciously know to expect it you can put a bunch of funny sketches out on your facebook or whatever but if they're just like sporadic and who knows when they're coming out then they'll never get like i don't know who knows i don't know what i'm talking about i think that's valid though yeah that's what everyone seems to be saying mm-hmm. like everyone i talk to that does well says you have to be consistent yeah consistency is key cool man so let's talk about american vandal you were so funny in that show how'd you get that oh thanks man yeah, that was cool. That actually, I got American Vandal from, I was on a train after a FYF Fest. It was like a festival downtown, but kind of not by UCLA, like music festival. It was a big music festival. Then everyone like packs in onto the train afterwards by UCLA. So I'm like in this train all packed. And then this dude's like five, you know, ten people over, kind of like other side of the train. He was like, hey man, you're, you're from Dead Kevin. He like knew me from Dead Kevin. And everyone in the train kind of like turned around. And I felt like, felt pretty cool, you know. And then he left. And I left the train. He goes, you're really funny, man. And he left. I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then, like, a couple days later, I get a message on Facebook. And it was that guy, who you know as Tony. Oh. Who was the director of American Van, a creator and director. So he messaged me on Facebook. And he goes, hey, man, that was me on the train the other day. Big fan. I was wondering if you want to audition for uh, this show I'm directing for Netflix. Which I didn't, I didn't think it was even, like, real. Yeah, you're directing a show for Netflix. You know, I thought it was some just, like, dumb dumb thing. 
I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I went to the audition. It was like a real legit audition at a place that I've been to before, you know. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like a real thing. And I, I, the audition was a lot of kind of improvising and riffing and being, uh, being silly. And then, <laughs> yeah, my landlord dog is a nightmare, dude. I don't know if, you could, if you're picking that up. Dude, he hangs out in the window, and I walk by every day, and he flips out. And, like, I walk by every day, and he flips out for every... You live in an apartment building. <laughs> apartment one. You're going to see people walking by a lot. Anyway, then I got on American Vandal. And, uh, yeah, that was super fun. That was a lot of... Just because the, the director knew Dead Kevin. He was kind of a fan, and he knew how we kind of work. A lot of improvising and messing around. So he let me just really just go go buck wild. I think that's pretty cool. Like, you just happen to bump into a random person who's a fan of you, and then them being a fan of you helped your entire career. That's crazy. If I had never gone to FYF, who knows if I never even would have, you know? But after all the auditions and all the... You never know what when, you're, when your chance is going to come. Yeah, man. And it's pretty cool that he let you improvise, like, a lot of your role. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that ended up on the show was was not scripted, which is really fun. It wasn't really the uh, there was like the head guy at, at Funny or Die specifically didn't want me to play that character because he really? felt that I was too young, which I kind of I even when I was reading the role I was like I feel like this guy is like late thirties early forties kind of like loserish you know I was trying to be cool but is like too old you know but I'm not I feel like I'm not too old to be cool you know but i'm just old enough for i'm like ah this is kind of weird this how old are you i'm 29 okay 28 and we were filming i guess but uh yeah i'm glad but there was a couple of writers on the on the show that were really pushing for me to have this to get the part these two like twin brothers who were uh, these uh, writers on the show and they really pretty much got me the the part they begged and begged they said pushed and pushed and I ended up getting the part and those guys ended up i'm just recently filmed a my first feature film with them that they oh. like wrote and directed out in, in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, called the Block Island Sound. My first feature film. It's a horror film, which I want to do more like serious stuff like that. So I was pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, so that's like from Vandal, and Vandal is from Dead Kevin, and being found on the train, and all so these like random. yeah, it's all this like random circumstances. So you don't need an agent, everybody. Put out some YouTube content and hang out on trains. Do you have an agent now? I do. I got a whole team. I just I have a new a new manager who's been helping me a lot. I know a lot of this podcast deals with make you know, making it financially and, and com you know, not having a day job anymore and stuff, right? Yeah, just like people that want to make a living doing this kind of thing. Yeah. So a lot of a big thing I did in my a big career move along around the same time I started putting out the tourist videos, which kinda of was a big kind of career a little jump but i hired a new uh, manager and i had my old manager kind of you know we weren't has like really really big clients so she didn't really have time for me which i totally understand i liked her as a person but she's like too busy so i got kind of a, a new a new manager who i've known for like eight since i moved to la like eight years ago and she used to uh work in the back of the west side comedy theater selling candy while i was like hosting shows and we were just friends and then she was a junior agent then she was an agent then she was a manager so she's always like had my back and been a fan so i'm like yeah i need to need a manager that's like on your side and isn't just like having you on their team just to you know collect as many people as they can you want someone that believes in you so i uh 
hired her as my manager and then she's been working super hard and I've been on the road a bunch and she's been yeah big big uh, help for my career in the last like year and a half that's so cool so what kind of specific benefits did you get from having a more hands-on manager yeah well she and she was a brand new manager so from her you know first uh, week ever of being a manager I was on board me and then she uh, had a couple other comics that I knew so at the beginning, it was only she had maybe five or six clients, maybe even four, when she first started. So she was able to pay a whole lot of attention to me, sometimes too much attention. Okay, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, there's no only as a couple of clients. It was a lot. It was a lot. Of, a lot of phone calls in the beginning, and I was like, oh my god, this is overwhelming. I get easily overwhelmed. But uh, when you get that much attention, you finally, for the first time, I was like real busy doing like comedy stuff. I was on the road a bunch and she was really lighting a fire under my like booking agent's ass, getting me out, getting me work. Wait, so this was after Vandal or during? This was like just after Vandal. So like right after, so Vandal aired uh, like September of, this is before Vandal. Yeah, this was before Vandal. This is like right around, so right around the time I hired her is right when I started making those tourist videos. About a year ago. Oh, so it was like May 2017? It started, yeah, it started like April, April, yeah, it was May. It was May of last year is when I started making the Funny or Die videos. And then I suddenly had like a, they were doing really well on Funny or Die and I got like a, my first kind of following. So I had to make like a fan page, which I never, I was always like really against doing that. And I just thought that was kind of like douchey. Especially when, like, other comics will make them, and you're like, why do you have that? Yeah, just, like, all these open micers have fan pages. Yeah, and I'm just, like, an open micer, so I felt kind of stupid making one. But I did, and then, it, you know, Funnier Die would, like, tag me in, in the post when they would share the video. So now I have fans, and it's just very weird, and I feel like I don't uh, deserve that. But... It's cool, and I can be on the road, and I can kind of sell some tickets. And a lot of shows have been real, like, packed with some areas for whatever reason I do well in, like, kind of Minnesota and Wisconsin, that, like, a bunch of people come out. I do uh, kind of well in the Midwest, I guess, right now. And then, uh, but it did kind of take a turn on a couple of shows where people will come out who are, like, huge fans of the, the tourist videos, but not the kind of fans that I... <laughs> wanted shows you know a lot of people a lot of people think that i'm gonna do that character on stage which is like kind of a loud screaming bumbling miss and i have a bunch of catchphrases and people think i'm just gonna do that and i've had people come up after the show and be like what you didn't say joke in my ass the whole time i was like yeah that's just like a other thing people don't realize i've been doing stand-up for like you know eight ten years now were they like not fans of the stand-up Sometimes really it was hard to tell, <laughs> but my favorite is people that would say, hey, I know you from the videos and I loved your stand-up. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I want. Get people to come out and see that this is what I really want to do, and hopefully you're a fan of that. But, they're definitely, but people started at sometimes were like yelling out during the shows and ruining the shows, interrupting the shows a couple times in like uh, Minnesota. I remember specifically, yeah, like back-to-back shows that just got ruined by just like really dumb... It's just like people that really relate to that character, just really stupid people. Really? <laughs> they just come out and they're like, yeah, you're just like me, dude. You just yell and you're like, no, I'm like, no, it's like a weird character that I do. That's so funny. I guess that's the thing with making a character. Yeah. Where they don't get that that's just a character. Right. Or that they think I'm going to do that on stage. We did a lot of, for um, my sketch comedy group, Chabros, we have a lot of like stuff making fun of frat bros. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
but then we just get all these like Pepe meme people to like follow us. Yeah. <laughs> and like we realize like our followers might be terrible people. That's a, that's the thing, man. I like there's that weird moment where you're like, ah shit. Some of my fans are just like awful. <laughs> yeah, they're like bad. I had one I had one like Someone was, I, I would always get, because Funnier Die is like, it's this huge, uh, they have like 14 million like followers on Facebook or something, so a lot of their f- people that follow their page are pretty awful, so they'll get a lot of haters, a lot of, I get thousands of haters. Really? <laughs> You'll get thousands of haters? I'll get like a hate comment, we'll have like a, couple, like a couple hundred likes on it, you know, but someone will be like, this guy sucks, and I'll have like a bunch of likes, but I remember one time someone like came to my defense it was like a super like pro Trump guy it was just like you just don't get it you dumb liberal snowflake you don't get this humor and I'm like oh god no this is the people I'm like speaking to it's like major Trumpers <laughs> Trumpies <laughs> Trumpites Trumpites that's funny yeah um, man so it's but again but then I've also met just a, just a ton of really awesome people that'll come out to shows that just like stupid humor and get it. And, you know, just want to, like, meet me and say hi. But the occasional real, real piece of shit. That's funny. So, you, did you not uh, do road stuff before having a manager? Because I thought you were doing some stuff. I was doing a little bit. I mean, I, yeah, I've had a manager for a, a while now, just from, like, Dead Kevin. So I lucked into having, you know, representation pretty early on moving to L.A. Um, but, yeah, before, like, the videos, American Vandal was doing, like, just started doing like some colleges, uh, just getting out there a little bit. The occasional club, but it wasn't like headlining or anything, any clubs. But I was doing some colleges and opening for some, some people. And then I think yeah, it was really just the, the new manager and the and the videos having kind of a, a fan base. I was finally able to headline like club weekends and stuff. That's so, so cool. Yeah, for the past like since like September, uh, till now I've been super most. Maybe two weekends a month, two or three weekends a month, I'll be on the on the road, and uh, that's kind of hitting a slow period now. So I'm back in LA for a bit. Just gonna try to focus on writing and yeah. hopefully getting up here a little bit, showing my face more around LA. Are you in NACA? I did. That? I did my first NACA, and I booked zero shows from. <laughs> Which really? I know a friend of mine just posted. Yeah, I did NACA and I didn't get any shows. And I'm like, I guess it happens to you know. And I've heard another story about it happening, but I bombed so bad at NACA. Everyone did. It was such a bad show. I did particularly bad. I think I had probably the worst set of. I think there's only like six of us. I did so they just did not like my comedy at all. And but a bunch of people came up after that new like American Vandal, just because it's a really like college you know kind of demographic that show with a lot of dicks and stuff yeah so it does well with like college kids and a lot of people are coming up and taking pictures and but then just didn't want to like book me on the show wait were they college kids yeah what? so it's like all college kids that are there really so you go up you do the show then you go into this big uh kind of oh you actually perform for college kids right yeah so the crowd is all college kids which is already really bad crowds usually your shows were cool because they were like in a, <laughs> like in a you know oh, yeah, you apartment that. so that was like fun but just like a big auditorium with a bunch of college Oh, wait, kids. you did the apartment one. But you also did the one that was in the gothic, kind of. Remember? Oh, man. I forgot you did the one in the apartment. Yeah, I did the one in that. With John Renitsky was there? I forget. I, I don't know. It was super crowded. You yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't, like, walk. It was very hot. I remember that one. Was it in a treehouse? 
It was not in a treehouse. There was a treehouse one. There was a treehouse one. It, it was, was called like, tree it was house. like in a nice apartment complex. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was in a nice, it was a nice apartment. Okay. Anyway. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we digress. Uh, you were talking about um, NACA performing in front of college kids. Yeah, it was so saw. brutal. I mean, most college shows, at least the ones I've done, have been largely not that fun. Like, I mean, we're seeing it on Facebook now. It was a big thing a couple weeks ago. It was oh, viral. that um, col- uh, comedians not wanting to play college. Right, yeah. Like Seinfeld said something, and someone like Chris Rock maybe were coming out. Because they are. They are very, very, very PC now, which I know is kind of just a lame complaint that a lot of comedians are complaining about. But it's true. It's like, can be pretty brutal. They're not the best, like, audiences. It's interesting, though, because... I would consider most. I feel like a lot of comics in LA and the West Coast are pretty PC abiding anyway. Right. Yeah. And I right? feel. Like, yeah. And I'm de- you I'm even feel like. Yeah, I'm certainly not like a racy, or I don't really. Yeah, I don't you're talk like about pretty politics clean, or anything. Right? Yeah, I'm definitely clean, but I'm definitely like. A, you're still kind of in your head about it. You can st- you can just tell they just don't really know what they're allowed to laugh at. You know, certain yeah. even just like there's like trigger words that they just aren't really following what the joke even is. They just hear oh you say the word you say black person and that's you're being racist. You know stuff yeah. like that. It's just like such a quick thing now with with these damn kids. Yeah, these youngins. But the but the show was very bad, and I booked nothing from it. Uh, but it was a good experience. You know, got to go to Reno. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, man. But yeah, a lot of people make like, you know, they'll, they'll book a ton of colleges from that and they'll be set for like a year just traveling around. Wow. How do you get on that show to begin with? To so you gotta submit, I guess. My agents like submitted me. I guess they submit me every year. Um, this is the first year I find, yeah, they've been submitting me for like a few years now. It's the first year I finally got like a regional. So it wasn't like, a, there's like the nationals, which is the big one you wanna do. So I did like the the West Regional, okay, and probably didn't impress enough to get on nationals. I'll tell you that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's you so, can like reapply every year. So maybe hopefully. I'll and try it's again. like the kids that book stuff at these colleges. The mm-hmm. kids that are like the heads of organizations. Yeah, they just yeah they lead like the, the arts and whatever you know uh, department of their of their school. So it was a bunch of kids would come up after and they and they would like get my information and you know when are you free. And then just never heard back from any of them. There was a lot of all the West Coast schools, like California and obviously Oregon and Washington. A bunch of schools in like Alaska were coming up, and I was like so pumped. I was like, I've never been to Alaska. I would love to just go fly up and like do a show up there. It would probably be so bad, <laughs> but it'd be cool to visit Alaska. I feel like they're Trumpy there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then I just never heard from fucking anybody. Interesting. Yeah. Was UCLA there? I'm sure they must be, but there's no yeah, probably, comedy right? people. That go there. Like, none of the people in the comedy scene for sure go. Because, like, they just don't. I know, like, they don't. Yeah. So I don't know who goes. That's yeah, what's I don't know weird. who really goes. Like, but, none uh, of the comedy kids, they didn't tell us we could go. Yeah. It's or just like, that's what, what a lot of, like, the... That's why a lot of the crowds are so bad at some of these college shows. I mean, I'm not, like, getting these huge crowds. I've been, I've been like, a lame, like, room, you know, with, like, 30 people. But a lot of the kids that come... I mean, you think of, like, a college crowd, kind of, like, rowdy and, like, drunk and having fun, but it's those aren't the people that are coming to the shows. Those people are going out getting drunk at, you know, frat parties. Yeah. People that are coming to the shows are, like, the nerds. 
that we're coming. <laughs> we're gonna go into like a stupid comedy show on like a Friday night instead of going out with your friends. I wouldn't go to a comedy show if I was like in college. I'd go <laughs> I, get wasted. The opportunity cost. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's true though. It's like the people that aren't going out. Right. Exactly. That you have to. That's interesting to think about. If you're going to do NACA, remember. Yeah. That's your crowd. That's the crowd. That's the people that aren't People going that out. probably are more introverted and extremely, extremely liberal. Yeah, they just want to be involved in, like, an organization on campus. Those fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's not, that sounds like a an experience. Um, it, was it was an, an experience. experience that you had. <laughs> if nothing else, it was an experience. But, um, are you, uh, do you headline now? I mean, you, you just have a... 30 yeah. minute on Comedy Central. Yeah, got a half hour coming out of Comedy Central. We filmed that. That was a whole ordeal, man. We filmed that in uh, December in New Orleans. And uh, so New Orleans is a, you know, kind of a crazy town. I had never been. And I went out the night before the special. And I just did some karaoke. And I really committed to it. I did Evanescence, the girl part. Oh, no. And I completely lost my voice. And the next day, I had to film my whole special, and I had no voice, dude. It was so bad. People told me it didn't sound that bad. I wholeheartedly disagree. My voice kept cracking, and I had to keep that, because they let you, like, redo jokes, because they're, like, filming it, and you feel, like, mess up or stumble. They let you. I had to do so many jokes over. What, you do it again? Yeah, because my voice kept cracking. Like, straight? Like, in the... In the middle of the joke, I'd be like, I'm going to start the joke over, because my voice voice kept cracking. Wait, what? You can just do that? You can just do that, and I'll just edit it out, you know, for the special. And people won't, they, people, they won't laugh, though. They were, su- they were, like, such a night. They knew what was happening. And I had to tell, because it was a little awkward for the first, like, five, ten minutes, because they were like, I can't really hear this guy. <laughs> and I kind of was, like, just doing, you know, my jokes. And my voice kept cracking, and I kept starting over. And eventually I had to stop, probably, like, eight minutes in, and I had to go, listen, guys, they're going to edit this out, but I just got to let you know what's happening right now. <laughs> I said, I went out last night. There was this bar called Cajuns. I said, I went out to Cajuns. And the crowd just went, ah! you know, like, because everyone like was from there. They all know the bar. It's like it's a karaoke. I lost my voice. That's why my voice sounds like this, and it keeps cracking. And then from then they were like super on my side. There was all these big laughs. And and if I had to stop and do a joke over, they were like super supportive. They thought it was hilarious. That's Other great. times I would get even like bigger laughs because I would kind of just like make fun of the fact that I was starting over. So it's so, fun. It ended you up being really like... fun. I don't know how it's gonna look. Yeah, we filmed that in December, and it's not coming out till. I heard August was the last I heard, but uh, you nice. Know, I won't be watching it. I can't watch myself do stand up. Can you? I try to rec- do audio record yourself. No. Really? Yeah, I don't do any of that. Oh, I do that I to try and like improve the bits. Yeah, I've every time I've done it, I've it's been very useful. <laughs> <laughs> so and then you I stop just, naturally. Then I just don't do it. I don't know. How do you remember how you tell the bits? Like, what if you improvise a bit? And then... Yeah, I'm just screwed, you know? <laughs> Wait, are you? <laughs> That's are a good you? point. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't really record myself. I feel so, like I'm pretty sharp. I gotta, you know, I'll remember you, if you I... You usually remember it if yeah. you add something? Yeah, I usually do a pretty good job. Remember. I have a little word doc in my phone. I'll jump in there and be like, oh, I remember, try to remember this line. Or whatever. Uh, okay, so you'll, like, write it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. How, what's your process like? So you have a word doc of... Just all your bits. Got a big long word doc, uh, Google Doc. It's always available, and yeah, it's just uh, I've been trying to just write. I mean, lately I've been doing a lot of. I guess I go through phases of like how I. Whoops, sorry. I go through phases of how 
I kind of write, I guess. I go through different... I guess when I, when I first started, and I was working this terrible day job for like five years, different day jobs, and I would do a lot of writing just at my desk. Cause my, I think it's because my brain was always just like on and working when I was like working hard those days, like at my actual day job, and I was just drinking a bunch of coffee. And then I, when I stopped working that day job, I remember thinking, man, I'm going to like write so much now. I'm going to like have all this free time. And then as soon as I stopped working my day job, I started doing like Postmates and other stuff. And my writing just like plummeted. I just like couldn't, I wasn't creative, feeling creative anymore. I guess because my brain kind of just got lazy not working like the day job. When was this? This was, this must have been uh, 2014. Yeah, oh Jesus, that was like, yeah, like four years ago. Huh? You were 24. I was 25. Yeah, 25. And, uh, yeah, I was so pumped to finally, because I got fired, actually, from this day job for doing comedy. I had to really? like, I had to do Montreal, and then I was doing this little Dead Kevin tour, and those were back-to-back, so I was going to have to miss, like, two two weeks in a row. And they were like, you can't do that, you can only, you have to, like, pick a week. We can't have you gone for two weeks. When you're doing all these comedy things, they're all at night, though, right? Yeah, but a lot of that's that was just, like, a big, like, I would have to leave But you town. have to leave, yeah. yeah. So I was going to have to leave town for, like, two weeks. They said, could you not do one of those weeks? I was like, I got to do both of these. And they're like, all right, you're fired. <laughs> so I was like, you know, they threw me a they threw me a Subway sandwich party, goodbye party at this job <laughs> in, like, the boardroom. <laughs> and then and I left. I Wait, cried. so they liked you, though? They did like me, man. My boss cried uh, when I he left. He cried to let you go? It was this woman who was, I was so terrified of her, and I never thought she liked me. But she's kind of like a tough love kind of lady. Yeah. And then when I left, I remember her just crying. And I, when I left, I got in the elevator and like I started crying. I actually did like that job. It's just like a grueling kind of like full-time day job. That's so fun. I, I mean, sad. And also, I mean, the yeah. humor of it. But I saw, I was like, all right, now I'm going to really like focus on my comedy career. I started doing, po- I did, so I did Postmates for two years after that, um, which is great. I like to do things so you can work your own hours. But yeah, my creativity just like went way downhill. So I wasn't just like, my brain wasn't like on anymore, you know? So now recently, past like year, I'll do a lot of writing on this very bed right here. I like to, do you know what I like to do? If I just need to like, need to like write a joke, I'm like, I haven't written a joke, I just need to write a joke. I'll lay on my bed and I'll just let my head kind of hang off the side there, let the blood kind of rush to oh, my head. A little I'll, just, I'll just start talking to myself, you know? Just talking about my day and trying to think of observations. And I'll always think of something, it's not, it's never, it's almost never good, <laughs> but I always, I never, I won't leave the bed until I, like, think of a joke, and I'll set aside, like, an hour or two to just, just think of a joke. And I'll write one joke in a night, and I'll check it off my list. And you'll flesh it out? Yeah, I'll try to flesh, sometimes it'll be a longer, I'll do work on it for, like, an hour, sometimes I'll think of just, like, a real funny, like, one-liner or two-liner, and I'm like, that's it, that's done for the night, wrote a joke, never try to, you know, push it further than so that. So you do it every night? I tr- most nights, if I'm able to. I know cr- tonight's croissant night, so I'm not going to be writing a joke tonight. Oh, yeah. You're gonna Maybe some out. jokes will be flying at croissant night. People will be feeling loose. <laughs> but, yeah. I try to do it at least, like, maybe, like, three a-, a week. Or if I can't think of a joke, I'll try to revisit an old joke and try to see if there's anything else I can squeeze out of it. But it's been good, because I've been trying, especially with the half hour coming out, i got to, like, really try to focus on writing new stuff, which I feel like I've been doing pretty consistently the last couple months. It's been good. 
I've been, yeah, kind of started this kind of a consistent writing three, four jokes a week, usually just write in my apartment where I can kind of focus. A lot of people like to do like coffee shops or writing with friends and riffing with friends. I don't know, I'm kind of just a walk around my apartment, get a little high, hang off my bed. Nice. That's my, that's my usual And process. then um, do where do you practice them? You just do mics? I haven't been doing mics a lot lately. I think the last one I did was several months ago and it was so I didn't get up and I was so mad and I'm like I'm really still fucking going to mics where I'm not getting up like fuck it was at like this coffee shop on Coenga and the guy was like well if you come next week I can like guarantee you a spot I'm like oh man am I still at this point in my career where I'm just just uh, hanging out for three hours buying a coffee just to get a ticket I forgot to... how bad LA mics are yeah, they're so like, bad brutal. That's I'm really not looking forward to that yeah. Being an open mic in LA, it's like the bottom of society. Have you been doing stand up in Seattle? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. It's honestly like way better. Yeah. The open mics? Yeah. Because they'll have 30 to 50 people. Really? Just they'll like, be like crowds. Just so, watching. Yeah. The open mics you are like, that. you get actual feedback and they're like shows and there's less competition yeah. for shows and people go out and it's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Like we were able to do like pretty big shows. We're like, like I, I do you like, you like run shows? Yeah, sweet. I run a show. One's called Young Tech, where we get like people in tech to come out and like socialize first. Nice. So it'll be like a happy hour, and then we'll do comedy. Yeah. And um, the first one had like 135 people come out. Whoa. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. In um, LA, that's like ridiculous if you get. That I don't day. think. Yeah, I don't know how that would yeah. happen here. Yeah. Like impossible. after UCLA, it seems unlikely. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like you gotta like go to these mics where you're like waiting in line for three hours, mm-hmm. get two minutes in LA, and then there's no one yeah. listening. Yeah. So I just kind of stopped going after a while. Um, so I still, yeah, I still feel that like guilt of like not not working as hard, especially when I first moved to LA and I was working like too hard. My first move here, I would do, I was doing like twenty twenty five mics a week. Wow. Just like yeah, it's banging out three a night. I would work eight hours and then do like three or four mics then i'll go to the gym at like midnight and i was just like killing myself for first a couple of years really and that that's kind of what i'm doing yeah i mean it's good you know it's worth it you got to do it you get your face out there as much as you can and uh but yeah it was brutal kind of burnt myself out doing that but now yeah like new material i'll just try to do it at a show that i'm like comfortable at usually if i have a, if I have a show at like you know bar lubich or like west side comedy theater or a show that I have maybe a friend or two on where I'm feel more comfortable just doing like a weird bit because I know at least someone in the crowd might like it. Um, that's usually where I like try out try out the new stuff. Just show like smaller shows where I feel kind of kind of comfortable. How often are you doing those shows? <sighs> maybe like once a once a week now. So I know a lot of people are getting up like every night. A lot of these grinders that are doing real well in LA. I don't. I never really been super into that trying to get up and going like going to the comedy store every night and hanging out yeah i got like one show a week i'm fine with that so I you're doing stand-up like once a week pretty much yeah usually and then what where else do you put your efforts well i wrote i wrote a couple pilots that i'm trying to now that i'm back in la for a while i'm trying to uh pitch those around there's one like very very stupid one that's like over the top stupid which is very much my sense of humor I like stupid, so it's just about this real stupid guy. It follows just a stupid guy who I would ideally be playing. 
and we're just gonna try to pitch it around to some production companies and show them, tell them who I am, show them maybe a little of my work, and say, yeah, I'm like a real stupid guy. <laughs> Please uh, let me have a whole show about this. So that's uh, where I'm gonna focus most of my efforts the next couple months. Still Is that just, the pitch? I mean, I'm sure there's more. Yeah, it was basically it. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> it's a real, it's a super hard show to sell just because that's basically all it is. Is about like a real kind of dumb guy. So I, I film like a like a sizzle for it, like a two minute uh, thing that we're gonna hopefully like show to them before we go in and pitch, so they got kind of a sense of what the actual show would look like, and hope uh, you know one of these one of these networks that's into weird stuff. And there's more weird stuff I feel like coming out these days. A lot of, you know. Lady, Lady Dynamite, and you know baskets, and his shows are just like center around kind of like a weird main character. I feel like that's becoming more common, so it's kind of a, getting in. Hopefully on on that train. But yeah, it's definitely a, a tough sell. How do you? What's that process like when you're pitching to production companies? Yeah, so we pitched like a Dead Kevin show a couple of years ago, and we got picked up, or the pilot got picked up, or we got picked up to write the pilot. For Comedy Central, that was like two years ago. So before that, we had pitched to like a, b- a bunch of production companies, and it's super, it's nerve wracking, man. It's terrifying. It's just like they don't laugh a lot of them. They just it's, you try to like work in, and it's super like scripted the way we were doing it. Those th- us the three of us and Dead Kevin and these two other guys, we practiced and practiced, and we had our kind of like scripted little jokes and references we would always, and our little fake laughs. Oh <laughs> yeah, I remember that, you know. Try to have a little rapport. Isn't that super different from what you guys are used to? Yeah. Do yeah, you feel out of your element doing that? Very much so. Any, anytime we were asked to like do like a scripted, even like the Comedy Central, uh, we did like 12 sketches for Comedy Central Digital, which was super fun. And I love the sketches, but they made us like write out full scripts, which we just don't ever do. And we're so bad at it. So you can imagine writing the actual pilot together was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> That's why it's like... We haven't written one since. That kind of just, like, shocked us. But we've been thinking about getting back into it. But, yeah, it was, like, really, really tough getting the three of us and these two other dudes who our manager hooked us up with. Uh, so it was five of us in a room trying to write them. We all had such different ideas of what we wanted it to be. And what it ended up being was kind of Comedy Central had their their thoughts on it, and we didn't really like that. So it was just kind of a nightmare. But the pitching process can be like, yeah, it was super terrifying. It's kind of just like a cold room. And they just don't. A lot of them times they they don't really laugh. They just kind of smile and nod at what you're saying. Then they'll have questions at the end that are you know impossible to answer. Like, where do you see this show being? Whatever season five and next season. And you're like, I don't fucking, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like in Comedy Central. You're like, relax, you know. But it's uh, yeah, it was a whole process. It's interesting, though, because it seems like there's two points of view. Like, you guys come up, uh, your angle is, like, you guys are the creators, and you're just like, this is funny, so, like, we want to just do this. Absolutely. And they're like, so um, tell us about our investment. Right. And yeah. you're like, what? This yeah, is funny. This yeah. is just humor. Just, that's the thing. is note we kept getting from Comedy Central. We kept sending different versions of the script, and they would keep saying it was, it's too funny. Stu- oh. it's, too, <laughs> it's too stupid, they kept saying. They go, it's, unbe- it's unbelievably stupid. The character's... No one would ever like say this. We're like, that's what we. That's a complete. Have you ever seen our sketches? That's completely our thing. We just yeah. like stupid humor. I mean, I don't get that. I mean, especially with like Kyle Mooney, like being yeah. such a huge influence. Like, yeah. I feel like people get that. Yeah, there's so much stuff on. Especially like, look at. Uh, 
and like Tim and Eric and yeah, Broad City and stuff. It's just like silly stuff. Fine. Listen, podcast. I'm gonna check my phone. My phone is ringing. We're gonna check the the phones. This could be anybody. Yeah, whatever. A three two three. Hmm, Hollywood's calling. Okay. Hollywood's calling. I must have made it. Mister Showbiz. I wonder if that's that might be the. Uh, the, uh, the bakery? The, the, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did give them my number. Yeah, it's probably the bakery, dude. Pretty stoked for tonight. That's epic. So, for this pitching process, like, do you have to... Is someone um, holding your hand through it? Like, is your manager telling you kind of what to do? Yeah, that's the thing. Is So, with the Dead Kevin one, the two guys they had hooked us up with were these two writers for uh, American Dad. And they, uh, so we had this, yeah, the same manager. So they had pitched shows before, and they've written, they write for TV, so they knew how to, like, write, how to structure a real pilot. And so that they kind of helped talk us through the actual pitch process and how we need to hit some jokes here and open up with, like, a personal thing. And so they kind of helped us with that. And so for this process, it's my, my manager has been very helpful. And, uh, so we kind of came up with this pitch together for the show, and then we took it. She has a friend that works at Hulu. Who just like, came, hung out with us in her office one day, and we did the pitch for her. And she sees a lot of pitches. That's like her job is kind of seeing pitches and making decisions. And uh, so she gave us some notes on this kind of comes off as that you don't want to say this line, you don't want to reference this. She gave us real, just like very candid to the point notes, which was super helpful. Then I went back to the drawing board, then practiced, pitched it again to an agent who gave us a couple more notes and said, All right, you're ready to. Hit the hit the circuit once you're back. See, I was out of town for like most of May. And now I'm back, and uh, I'm gonna start setting up setting up uh, meetings with production companies. So that's interesting. So you, the meeting process is like, I mean, you go in, you're in this boardroom, and mm-hmm. you're just pitching the like. What's the structure of the meeting? Yeah, you kind of go in. That's the thing. Is it's super. It's a little awkward because you never know. You got like your scripted like pitch, but it's, you never really know when to when to start it. It's kind of because you go in and you want to make make your small talk. Like, That's great, nice to meet you, and you never know when to like start. So the so the show is about this, you know. Yeah. We had a oh we had a real weird one. One of our pitches last year was to uh, Amazon or the, for the Dead Kevin pitches. One was to Amazon, and we went in, and uh, so they were talking a little bit and like riffing and getting to meet these people. And they said, so you know we're not we're not buying any new shows right now, and we're all like what we thought we went into like pitch a show so that's like what we were planning on doing and so we we're like oh, what do you mean like yeah we're just we're just uh we're not buying you were, your manager didn't tell you that we're like no that's why that's kind of why we came they're like oh yeah and so we kind of just like awkwardly laughed about that and then i had like the first line of the pitch i like started the pitch so I was just like, I kind of like weird silence, and I just like started saying the pitch. <laughs> I didn't know, what else. like, are we, are we still pitching? Or so we got like, you know, three minutes in, and one of the other guys, one of the writers for American Dad, goes, "I'm sorry, can we? So you don't want to hear this pitch?" And they were like, "No, we don't want to." <laughs> they were like, "Oh, okay. I guess we can just leave then." And then we just <laughs> left, <laughs> like the most awkward, the most awkward meeting. He's like, wait, you don't want to... Yeah, so you did not want to hear this? They're like, yeah, we're don't, not, not taking pitches. Like, Why oh, did okay. they think you came? They wanted just like a meeting with us, I guess. Like, <laughs> they just, just like set up just, a meeting? Yeah, just like a quick 10-minute meeting. Yeah, we just wanted to meet you. Just wanted to meet you guys. You guys seem nice. <laughs> yeah, you seem like a nice guys. You guys seem kind. <laughs> yeah, that was so awkward. Wow. 
Yeah. But how? So how long are these pitches usually? Usually the pitch itself will last. I mean, the the dead Kevin one was maybe like twenty minutes, and then they'll do like a, they'll start asking questions, which is the worst part. They'll try to a lot of times you can tell they're just like you know trying to force force questions to try to like make you sweat a little bit and try to think oh, how's this character how do people gonna react to this? Did you prep for this kind of stuff? Not at all. I mean, you just <laughs> you just try to know your own show as much as you can and. Try to imagine what it's gonna look like and all the character relationships and stuff. A lot of times you're just like, they'll ask you a question about the pilot. Well, this doesn't make sense because this, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's kind of that's actually true. <laughs> so, okay, did not think about that. Okay, I, you know, I'm up for I'm up for notes and you know making changes. But yeah, it's not it's not my favorite process. Okay, how do they how do they tell you? Sorry, I'm going really deep into this pitch stuff because I don't know anything about it. How do they like tell you to prepare? You said you have an opening line and then. You yeah, just go like line by line. Yeah, pretty much go line by line. So whoever has that opening line or the opening sequence is really under the most pressure, I think. Once they start, everyone just starts riffing and doing their little lines. So hopefully, uh, hopefully my manager will take take the brunt of the opening for this one because well, I don't like, know how to. What's that structure like? You just say, "Hey, this is the show. This yeah. is what it's about." Yeah, like, I think I think the dead Kevin one started being like, "So the three of us met, blah blah blah." I think that's kind of how. It, Kind of sounds like the start of a conversation, but it's really like the start of a oh, pitch, okay. you know? clever. Yeah, kind of ease your way into it. Yeah, so I don't know what this one's going to be. This one's going to have to be smooth. So how long are these pitches? Like 10 minutes? Yeah, it's usually like 15, 20 minutes, followed by some questions pretty quick. Then you get out, and, you, and then you get the old no. Couple <laughs> Usually within a couple of weeks. Oh, within weeks. Not yeah, like... usually. I think it took around maybe, maybe two weeks or so to hear. Comedy Central is the only one that gave us the go-ahead. Thanks, Comedy Central. Wish you had picked it up. Wish you had made the damn show. They but we'll try tried. again. We'll try again with this one. Do you know how that like decision-making goes when they're determining these things? Are they? Do I they don't. ask you about like, oh, what's your demographic? How how many people are gonna, you guys going to yeah, reach? Or do they kind of like, analyze that stuff? Yeah, I think they got to do that on their own to see what what this show would be or where it fits in like their other yeah. slate of shows. Do we already have? Especially because of us, like there's three white guys, mostly. I'm as mostly white. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really like they already had like workaholics at the time, so it was kind of like how are you going to separate yourself from that? And uh, they ended up picking up Broad City around the time that they said no to us. That was kind of we felt like that was kind of the replacement they ended up really looking for, which is like a huge way better than what our show was going to be. <laughs> Just like, yeah, that was definitely the right decision. <laughs> like, you never know what they're what they're looking for. Sometimes they'll just tell you straight up, like we're looking for kind of a, I think one, I forget it was, like TV Land or something like that, told us we're looking for like an older a show with like like older uh, older people in it. We always want to try to appeal to like the older crowd. And we're like, why are you having us here? <laughs> we're just like, three, just like guys in our 20s did a show about being like stupid. Like, yeah, we're trying to appear to like an older, an older generation right now. It's what we're, but we'll hear your pitch, sure. Interesting. Just like, yeah. So you have to deal with rejection a lot. Yeah, yeah. We pitched to maybe six or seven uh, networks, and Comedy Central was the only one that, that said yeah. I think that Comedy Central might have been our last one too. So it was like a real they saved us. So that was pretty cool. But, but yeah, it's usually it's usually no. You gotta expect a no. Hopefully get some notes, you know. And yeah, just figure it out from there. All these networks already have an agenda of what they're looking for. Do you ever feel like you have to fit a mold of like a certain type of show or 
I mean, I guess it goes the same for stand-up. Yeah, too. I guess. Well, I guess it depends on what show you want to write. So this, like the show I wrote now, it's very, very weird. It's very stupid, but super weird. So I think you kind of try to see where you could see it living. I think I would like to go to Netflix because they're putting out so much stuff. But a lot of it is kind of pushing the envelope and being kind of weird, mm-hmm. like a like a you know like a lady. Di- I like to keep comparing it to Lady Dynamite, but it is kind of like kind of just like a trippy weird show, but kind of like this lovable character. You got to just root for this weird lovable lady in that show. So it's yeah. kind of like what this show is, male version of that. But then yeah, that show's never gonna get on, you know, free form or whatever. I don't know. I can't think. Of is that network? <laughs> that's the that's the new ABC Family. It's called Freeform. It's now called Freeform. Interesting. But yeah, that show's not getting on a, a network or any NBC or anything like that. Could be on, you know, could be like an internet uh, show. Yeah, it's just it's too weird to, to be super super mainstream. But if we go to like Netflix or or uh, what's the other one? True TV. You know, okay. putting out some some like fun stuff. You know, networks that like fun. I like to have fun. Like to have a good time. Trying to find a nice fun network. Do people? Do you think writers prefer? Um, or do writers have any preference with regards to like a regular network or like uh, online now? Writers. Yeah. I assume regular network pay is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So I assume I don't know. I never taken like the writing route, which I know a lot of comics are doing. I did one like writers room where I didn't know anyone, just for like an internet thing. And I hated it. it was super, really? It was super, I was so nervous. I can, like, write with, like, my friends. That's super fun. Yeah. Just going around, put the put the word, put the the script up on the TV, and you can all take turns writing and stuff. But I was just in this room with, like, a white, you know, a, a drawing board, and people just throwing ideas. I didn't know anyone. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know. I could never uh, do that for a, a living. Maybe someday, but. Yeah, you rather write for yourself kind yeah. of yeah yeah the pilot i wrote recently was just by myself no partners or anything and i'm not like the best writer so i you know i'm definitely gonna need like a team if it ever gets picked up people can they can help me write do like actual structure and stuff but. yeah how do you how do you navigate that i mean because i'm assuming i mean do you have a background in like what's your background i was a I have a theater background okay but yeah i was never never a writer how do you do that transition to like screenwriting? Cause it's all Man. about like structure and yeah. Yeah. Like, I think important the, elements there. Right. Yeah. The dead Kevin pilot was, I guess kind of my first foray into that kind of learning about structure and reading all the, the Dan Harmon, whatever he, he oh, talks about. Yeah. One. That stuff. And just kind of learning what you're supposed to do, how act one is supposed to end on this and act two is supposed to have uh, this and kind of learning that kind of, comedy structure so you were applying those when you wrote, when I wrote this new one yeah okay kind of that's kind of my big my big learning curve was that that dead kevin i learned a lot from jack jack was like he did he was a film major so he knows a lot about structure and stuff like that and where things are supposed to go and so i learned a lot from him as well do you feel comfortable like navigating outside your element like that and because it's interesting for like i know for example for comedians a lot of times they're like, yeah, you got to do comedy every night to be the best. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like thought process. But then those same comedians will go and just write a script for the first time and then like yeah. hope it just gets submitted. So it just seems like a completely different thing. Like it, do- it doesn't seem like comedians necessarily write pilots every day. So yeah. like, do you have to write pilots 
all the time to be good at it, or can you be a comedian that I just? I wonder. Yeah, like, I mean, I've only it? written like uh, I've written three now, or maybe four. I got the Dead Kevin one, and this one I'm pitching, and I got two others that are kind of just on the shelf. But I think it's I don't know. I was just I guess for my own kind of sanity, I think it's good to just like say you're working on something, feel like you're working on something. Yeah. That could be something someday, because you can only you know do stand up so much. You're not. I'm not getting any acting work most of the time so you just gotta if i'm home i gotta try to bang something out feel like you're making some sort of progress yeah but uh yeah it's a process man i really don't super know what i'm doing i'm just kind of throwing throwing as much stuff at the wall as you can same as it was like the internet videos just putting stuff out there and you know that one video was supposed to just be like a silly thing on my facebook and it ended up kind of lifting me to a whole new level in my career yeah, and that was one of thirty random videos I would put on my Facebook. So you gotta just keep putting stuff out there, and something, something will, something will stick. That's cool. And yeah. now you want to go into more dramatic. I would stuff. like to. I wanted to like to do both, all sorts of acting. I think I would prefer to if I had to choose between like acting and stand up, I'd rather act for sure. But uh, yeah, this was kind of my first kind of big drama piece. It's like a suspense kind of horror film. But uh, yeah, I had met those guys, uh, those two writers. At, like during American Vandal, and they said, "Would you ever be interested in doing like like a more serious acting?" I was like, "Yeah." And they said, "Yeah, we think you might be good at that stuff." I was like, "Yeah, I'm glad you saw that in me." You know, so they were able to bring me out and have me play a small part in that film. Yeah, I did like theater in, in college and stuff. I would like to do more, do more than just like silly, silly comedic acting. I think that'll be most of my career, though, for sure. Comedic like, acting. Yeah, I think so. It's just. There's so much of it around, and it's what I'm mostly known for at this point from doing stand-up and those videos and stuff. That's cool. And But do you like it even though I guess there's probably less opportunity to improvise and more yeah. of those? Yeah, that's you true. That's really the thing. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. Yeah, with comedy is so much of just like riffing and having fun, but because you can really take people out of the moment when you're if you're in like a dramatic scene and you start throwing some other stuff. So I guess, you know, sometimes it can be really cool. Like when Leo smashes, did you know, did you see, uh, what was that movie? Django. Oh, when uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio like slammed the table down, and he like broke it, that glass and his hand was bleeding. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was just like a real moment. And they just kept filming and the scene was so intense because it, like they just like stayed in it. But yeah, the amount of times that happens versus like all the like <laughs> the comedy movies and stuff where you just go completely off the rails i'm sure you know yeah exactly yeah. Uh, that's what i'm thinking about because like i would probably want to do acting stuff too and i'm interested in it but i don't have like my like any formal acting training i just did like improv yeah that's about it yeah. but you studied acting pretty much right and the- yeah because you studied theater yeah theater major i took an acting class out here uh for like a year um just like a started off as like a, a sitcom acting class and it gets into more serious stuff as the reach different new levels i stopped doing that once i started doing the tourist videos i was traveling too much but uh, yeah it's about the acting like training i have and i could use some more maybe i should get back in class i should enroll back in this class enroll i should enroll i'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna enroll in now one. that i'm back in town you gotta recommend a class to enroll in for me when i'm in town I'm gonna move in August, so. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. I did Leslie Kahn, which I guess is like the the big one. Uh, they kind of teach you. She teaches you a lot of the real 
stuff that you gotta know if you're gonna audition for, because you're gonna go out for a lot of sitcoms and multicam bullshit in LA and just kind of had to navigate that because a lot of it isn't even you know a lot of acting is so like technical and knowing how to say this line a certain way when you think of it I just want to act natural and just say the lines how I would but a lot of it is just like you got to know little nuances and and audition techniques and how to look and what to wear and stuff like that so it's like a whole, whole involved class about all that stuff wow very, so it's very like helpful the pragmatic for, side as well yeah exactly so it's very helpful for, for auditioning very cool. Um, I, I have one more question. I know you have to go get croissants. I do have to go get croissants. Um, but I was going to ask, like, when you're making, like, your original content online, I guess for your page, mm-hmm. how do you, like, have a frequency for content? Or you just kind of just, like, make stuff? Because you did you, those two guys on a bench thing. Was yeah, so I'm doing – oh, thanks, man. So, yeah, I'm starting – I just started doing that new – I'm going to try to make that a series. Uh, I've done two weeks in a row. I'm going to do a third. I just filmed a couple more yesterday. I can show you the new one. Yeah, I want to I see think it. it's very, it's very stupid. But uh, I'm gonna try to make. I'll do every week, I guess, as long as because they're super. You can film them so quick and edit them so quick, so might as well. But yeah, I was so done with like the the tourist character, which as much as it was great, got me a bunch of fans. But I just like couldn't do it anymore. So this is like a little bit more, because it got so far away from what my sense of humor is, and a lot of just it became just like screaming and saying these catchphrases. And the first one I did was just like real silly and fun, but then you do it over and over to where it's like I'm just playing this guy. I don't even like think is funny anymore. Yeah. So this I'm like trying to just be more myself and what I think is funny, and uh, so yeah, if I can make that like a weekly thing. But before that, I was between the tourist videos and this was like six, know, maybe yeah, like three months of. Just try to put out a couple videos here and there, and just sharing some old Dead Kevin stuff. Just like trying to stay active. Okay, just see what people like, I guess. Yeah, but it's crazy. You'll see. I'll post like an old Dead. You know, I'll, I always post the tourist videos on my page, and it would get like a fourteen hundred likes, you know, three hundred shares. And I'll post like an old Dead Kevin video, and I'll get like thirteen likes. It's like crazy how the algorithm works. I don't really. I still don't get that whole part of it. Well, you're sharing YouTube videos, right? Yeah, so it's like so but, it doesn't yeah. like fucking work as opposed to native upload or whatever yeah it, it just like doesn't share youtube links yeah it's kind of a bummer but cool man anything you want to plug before we finish this up check out uh my comedy central half hour in august and uh check out the block island sound I mean, maybe if it comes to a theater near you probably won't but check it out if it's around and that's it sweet yeah man cool Anywhere people can find you on the social medias? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm at Ryan O'Flan on Twitter and Instagram. Ryan O'Flan. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week and uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin Nasso on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A, bros, one word. Uh, We have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.